Welcome to Reader's Digress, the podcast where we read nonfiction so that you don't have to, unless you want to. I'm Kate. And I'm Molly. And today we are talking about an article about the Jeopardy story that we covered a few months ago. Scandal. <laughs> yes. The Jeopardy scandal. And it's by the same <laughs> author that we, um, that the book was, okay, hold on. <laughs> I'm trying to find the title of this article. I'm like stalling for time. I know. I could see you. I could see like the light on your phone come like uplight you. It's it's by a beautiful, intelligent, smart, tropical fish. Okay. The thing is, I could remember her name. I couldn't remember the title of the article. So here we go. Claire McNear, beautiful tropical fish. Our best friend, Claire McNear. <laughs> what a hack. Okay. Claire McNear wrote the book that we uh, already read on Jeopardy. So we are now going to cover an article that she wrote in August of 2021. So this summer. And it's about the um, search for a new host for Jeopardy. Because as we know, Alex Trebek died in last fall. So this article is called A Smile with Sharp Teeth. Mike Richards' rise to Jeopardy host sparks questions about his past. And before we go any further, I just need to say, (laughs) I listened to most of the Jeopardy book on tape, Mm -hmm. and I read this article. And I gotta say, reading Jeopardy with an exclamation point after each Jeopardy (laughs) is truly throws me out of it. Does it? I don't. Just write Jeopardy, not Jeopardy! Because, ah, ah. I know. Stop. It is kind of shocking the first time that you see it in print and realize (laughs) that the exclamation point is a part of the title. Because it's like, well, wait, why, though? Is it really necessary? We went to the Ohio State University. (laughs) This is true. and (laughs) And I will die by that. So I guess I have to accept, I have to acquiesce, if one will. Okay, enough of this. Shall I do a quick <laughs> summary? Yes, Molly, tell us what this article is about. Well, Kate, I'm going to try. However, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> okay, I will so not Mike be Richards giving is, you a lifeline. So if you think you sing. Please give me critique. <laughs> no lifelines, no phone home. Phone but critique home at the like end. E. <laughs> phone a friend. <laughs> oh my God. Embarrassing. So. This article is about the rise of Mike Richards from lowly backhand TV run-of-the-mill white man to the person who selected himself to be the host of Jeopardy. Um, it, it, it tracks his like rise through different TV jobs. He helped to, I think, produce The Price is Right and a couple of other game shows. He had a longtime interest in hosting a game show. So once he came on as the executive producer of Jeopardy, it there is some suggestion, there is some thought that he had his hands very, very much in the game of selecting the next host. It, it was literally his responsibility in some ways to like walk through that process. And he 
claims that he removed himself from that selection process once he became one of the people they were considering for host. But But no, he didn't. (laughs) Yeah, it's like very... Claire McNear goes into a lot of his other, like, the personal comments he made on a podcast and his track record of being misogynistic. Yeah, as it turns out, the guy who selects himself for the most ideal job in the world isn't that great of a person to hang around either. So Yeah, like, turns out that he kind of sucks. So she goes through all of these transgressions, essentially. (laughs) And then um, the process by which he became the host. And then later, after she published the article, it came out that he had stepped down from this role. So... Now that everyone is still looking for the next permanent host of Jeopardy, I think he is back to just executive producing. But McNear goes through a lot of the ways that the show has begun to change under his leadership. And he seems like he really wants to glitz things up. And I think personally that the audience of Jeopardy is not interested in that and never has been. So I'm Definitely interested to see where this all kind of ends up and who they select for the real permanent host. And that is the gist of the article. Yeah, absolutely. I think it will be fascinating to see where this goes. Obviously, the process is ongoing. Uh, One of the other things that was interesting about this is, as you mentioned, just his personal shortcomings and his misogynistic remarks there are a couple of recordings that she embeds in this article of his own podcast that he had where he just blatantly says misogynistic things um Mm. talks very uh disparagingly about women's looks and it's just (laughs) always crazy to me to like know that that stuff was out there the whole time and like the only thing I don't know this is not to take anything away from Claire McNear's reporting because frankly she's Mm -hmm. done a fabulous job on this but I do think it's notable that he wasn't hiding his podcast like it was out there he clearly felt at the time that that was appropriate remarks to be making about women um he felt good about putting that out into the world and so i think Mm -hmm. that that too gives you an idea of the kind of person that he is yeah like highlighting the some of the comments just to give everyone like a sense of what the comments were the two that stand out to me the most were one time when he was talking to his co-host who was female and uh, i think his assistant and one of the producers of the podcast were also female so The people in the sphere of the podcast were women. So he was talking to women most of the time during these recordings. So his co-host at one time, she had shown him a photo of herself and two friends and they were all wearing swimsuits. Her two friends were wearing one piece swimsuits and I think she was wearing a bikini. And not only does he talk a lot about how she looks great and her body looks amazing and whatever, which is like none of his business to even comment on. He talks about how one piece swimsuits always look bad on women and makes them look overweight and frumpy and it makes them look terrible and the reason this frustrates me so much is because uh, for many reasons (laughs) but what is unspoken in those statements it's it's not that he was stating he had a preference which is already annoying it's that he's stating it as if it's a fact and what that tells me is that he 
unconsciously believes he is entitled to have women look the way he wants them to look at all times. Otherwise, they are not important or he, they are disregarded by him. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Did you I think miss is, the meeting of all women on the planet that got together and decided Mike Richards was going to determine how we all looked? Did you miss that meeting? Exactly. You know, I, I did. And unfortunately, that just is so infuriating because there's no way for women to win because there's always some other guy who thinks a different thing because there will be some guy who thinks women are all whores and sluts if they are wearing a bikini and not a one piece. But nor do you need to say it to your co-worker because keep in mind this is his co-worker. A job. This is a- <laughs> Which, okay, I didn't make that clear. This podcast was affiliated with The Price is Right. Mm-hmm. So this was a podcast he was doing professionally. It wasn't even like Kate and I who are professionals in other parts of our lives and are doing this podcast. This was literally for his job. So he was talking to an actual coworker, not just a friend, not just a pal. So there's another level here of inappropriateness. Yeah. And then the other thing he said at one point, which is arguably worse, is that he was talking to the same co-host, I believe same co-host, about whether or not she'd ever sent nude photos to anyone. Mm, And then she kind of is like, well, I mean, no, I've never sent nudes. I mean, I've sent like photos when I thought I looked cute. And he's like, well, what kind of photos? What are we talking about? Are we talking about like booby pics? Like, well, I'm sorry. Like he was a fifth grader. Are you? Yeah. First of all, don't ever say booby to me ever again. (laughs) That (laughs) is over. We can move past it. Yeah. (laughs) We're done. Second of all, what right do you have to ask the first question, whether or not this woman has ever sent nudes to someone, and then a follow-up about what kind of nudes that she's sent? And also, again, to put her in a mm, position where she feels like she can't not answer it because you you keep pressing the issue. I also want to bring up that it's not just disparaging comments. There were multiple lawsuits uh, dating to his time as the executive producer of The Price is Right. One of them uh, focused on the mistreatment of female employees by all of the male leadership there, including Richards. Uh, He was also originally named as the defendant in one of those complaints, but was dismissed from the suit before it settled. There was one suit in 2010 specifically that centered on the discrimination and harassment of one of the women that worked there after she became pregnant. Uh, They laid off several Mm -hmm. people, and this suit... Uh, argued that after this woman informed Richards that she was pregnant, he said to her, quote, go figure, I fire five girls, what are the odds, end quote, which she understood to mean that Richards would have selected her for the layoff had she had he known that she was pregnant. So there right. is a lot of mistreatment going on here, uh, not just in Words which are bad enough, but also in actions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. One of my quotes, I'll pull it for later, but it's about another, like, essentially misconduct issue from him. Before we do that, though, should we do um, key takeaways? Okay, yeah. So my key takeaway is this. <laughs> That's all it Correct. is. <laughs> Meaning how many times are we going to do this I know. with a mediocre human being who doesn't deserve the position that they give to themselves and there's so much evidence as to why they do not deserve it and then they just are still allowed to waltz it through their lives and do yeah. it when are we going to stop doing this 
per one person open up a single page of information and look at it like what? any person do any due diligence at any time just and you would know open that twitter this dude for five is not it <laughs> do yes. look at literally anything he's ever said or done and you'd be like mm, maybe no maybe we skip on this one yeah yeah maybe my my key takeaway is similar but actually a key takeaway that i changed after I found out that he had stepped down. My key takeaway is also something to watch for as we're, as this process continues unfolding, which is who wants to work with this man as the executive producer after he stepped down from the hosting role? Like who wants to take the hosting role after he, this whole, all of this has come out because let me tell you as a woman, I don't want to work with this man. Even if, you know, people now know about his misconduct, I don't think that he has shown anything to say that he has fundamentally changed as a human being and how he treats women. And so I just don't know how one would feel comfortable taking the hosting role, even though it is now available, because he's still yeah. the executive producer. He's still on the show. Yeah. And the executive producer still makes many of the decisions that would impact you as the host. And that create the culture of the show yeah. and the workplace. So that is such a good question. That was like sort of simmering in the back of my mind, but I hadn't even articulated it to myself. That's such a good question. Yeah. Hard pass on that. Yeah. I, I wouldn't feel comfortable. I mean... I understand that this job is sort of a dream job for a lot of people. And so there are a lot of people willing to do a lot of things in order to take your dream job. But at the same time, I can't imagine knowing this behavior and still choosing to work with him. It just feels the whole thing feels very gross to me. I would like wear a tape recorder everywhere I went or something. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like you could never relax. Like I feel like you would just always be on edge waiting for him to default back to who he is <laughs> yeah um, I, yeah one other thing that i do want to know is one of the reasons why i think he has not fundamentally changed his attitudes or behavior towards women is that his apology was very lacking he more or less said i'm sorry that people found out i said these things instead of like yeah. i'm sorry i hurt people by saying these things which as we all know through many many notes app apologies on twitter that is insufficient it's super insufficient. It reminds me of, I think this is like a Louis C.K. joke. Not that he is like the idol that we should be referring to, but <laughs> here we are. Uh, he does have really insightful commentary sometimes. Um, he has some joke about how I'm sorry that your feelings were hurt mm-hmm. or something like I'm that. I'm sorry you went and, and got your feelings much, hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very much the vibe of that apology. Like, okay, keep it. Yeah. Um, But speaking of workplace misconduct, of which there is much to speak on, I guess I'll share my quote about the part that I thought was the funniest Mm -hmm. um, and something that unfortunately I can see myself doing and then getting like fired for. Okay. (laughs) Wait, that will will make sense once I read this. In this scenario, I am not Richards, FYI. Okay, so the in this part of the article, McNear is talking about how he was um, producing Let's Make a Deal and The Price is Right at the same time, and that um, people close to him said that his uh, attention could be divided. So this is according to a former Let's Make a Deal employee 
who says that Richard did not watch the show for an extended period of time. And then when he did, he didn't like the direction it had taken, the former employee says. He came in for a meeting about it, and a post-producer sarcastically reintroduced themselves because Mike had been away for so long. That producer was fired shortly after and ended up getting a settlement for wrongful termination. That was my impression of Mike. A smile with sharp teeth. Um, so in this scenario, I would be the employee who sarcastically <laughs> reintroduced themselves to my boss, whom had not been there for months, and then gotten fired for it. But then in this story, I would have gotten a wrongful termination settlement. So it all works out would have worked well. out for me. <laughs> um, I just thought that was hysterical. Imagine being in that room when the guy like sarcastically reintroduced right? himself to the boss. That would have been Hilarious. truly heroic to watch happen (laughs) god the the team's chat would have been exploding with gifts the the legacy that person leaves behind true just legendary legendary. (laughs) hometown hero (laughs) truly truly i also want to note so my quote was about the uh process and the hoopla that went on (laughs) prior to Richard's naming himself as the host. (laughs) So this is a quote by uh, Kristen Sawsville, who won five games on Jeopardy in 2015. So she says, quote, It's unfortunate that guest hosts like Aaron Rodgers and LeVar Burton really put themselves out there in terms of openly wanting the job, and for Rogers in particular, discussing the extraordinary amount of effort to which he went to prepare for his turn, when it's not clear anyone besides Richard ever Richards ever had a real chance at the main role. Rogers and Burton were clear about how important Jeopardy was to them personally. Given that he also was a candidate to host The Price is Right, it looks like Richards just wanted to host a game show, any game show. And I think this hits on a part of the reasons why this was responded to so aggressively by the general public, Mm -hmm. which is that they Mm -hmm. went through this whole process of interviewing people, trying them out and having them guest host on Jeopardy, releasing all of these names of possibilities of who could become the next host. And people were following it quite closely, right? This doesn't happen every day. Alex Trebek was yeah. uh, there and he was the host famously for 30 some years longer. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. people are following this very closely. They had favorites among the guest hosts. They had people they didn't like as much. They felt very invested in this. So for... Mike Richards to just name himself at the end of it was such a slap in the face to everyone involved. And to know that it was very clear he intended to do that the entire time was even more egregious. And I just think that's worth highlighting that part of the reason people were so upset is because Mike Richards seems to be a not great human being to women and other people. But the other part of it is that you had a lot of people that were invested in this process and you basically hoodwinked them all. Yeah. And in the end, yeah. we ended up with Mike Richards. Right. Who knew it. No one even knew. Right. And is truly the most bland version of a host you could possibly yeah, imagine. Nobody was no cheering character for him. or personality. Yeah. And I think what there's like two kind of aspects of essentially hiring yourself for this. <laughs> 
The first is <laughs> it's that such it's a douche so move. It's so funny. That's like it's gross in like a human decency kind of way where it's like there's no well there are laws against this sort of thing but you know what i mean it's like maybe it was technically legal what you did and whatever but it wasn't ethical it it was shitty it wasn't ethical no and it was like just because you want something in your position of power to give that to yourself doesn't mean that you should and i think that leads to the other aspect of it where one could argue that like oh he was just he worked his way there and he took his opportunity and blah 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 and good for him but the reality is if he was the executive producer putting the show's interests first he would never have picked himself because of the scandal because of the fact that people didn't care for him as a host that much so if he was really interested in the longevity of the show versus just his own ambitions he not he would not have picked himself so there's nothing honorable or like I don't know, strategic or anything about what he did. It was just stupid and douchey. Yeah, I think honorable is a good word, actually, because it hits on another part of this, which is that people feel like Jeopardy has a kind of integrity because of the kinds of people who are invested in the show, because of the longevity of the fandom, because of Alex Trebek himself, who always stood for uh, decency and... Um, and fairness and integrity. And I think that for this to be happening specifically in Jeopardy makes it all that much worse because people expected so much more out of this process and the show in particular. Yeah, Yeah, it's like, um, if The Price is Right is Vegas, then um, Jeopardy is Minneapolis. You know what I mean? Like, no one is... This is not a show, girl. <laughs> this is a wholesome family show. You sit down at the Cracker Barrel reliable. and you shut up. <laughs> we show up when we say we're going to show up. And we bring a casserole. You know what I mean? In a smart pantsuit. That's what we're doing here tonight. Yeah. So there is just no room for this kind of quackery. This kind of shenanigans. <laughs> so last thing that I'll say is another quote by Kristen Sossville. This is right at the end of the article. And she says, I think that one reason why Jeopardy, exclamation point, was aspirational for many of its contestants was its sense of integrity. The 25th said Sauceville, the 2015 champion. There was something intrinsic to the show and Alex Trebek's hosting of it that elevated it above other game shows. The baggage Mike Richards has brought from his previous experience as an executive producer, as well as the optics of what comes across as his self-selection as host, have tarnished that. I think there's a real danger of Jeopardy becoming just another syndicated game show. And that makes me concerned for its longevity and standing. And that's just summarizes what Kate and I were saying. And there, I think there's a real sense in the community of Jeopardy at large that feel worried about what's going to happen to the show. And I would be too, if I, I I don't care that much about Jeopardy, Mm -hmm. but if I did, I would feel really worried because it's probably not going to look the same. Mm -hmm. And that's so disappointing because there was nothing wrong with it. Just let it be. You do not need to, like, give it an X factor. It was perfectly fine the way that it was. Yeah, and, like, there are other shows that have that purpose and that end goal. And it's okay for different things to be for different people and for different audiences and to have different purposes. Because if you are trying to please everyone, you will please no one. It is not reasonable to expect that Jeopardy will suddenly become the Vegas show go- girls of syndicated yeah. game shows. Seriously. It's just not going to happen. 
Or, or at no, least it, it shouldn't because that doesn't make any sense for the audience. Right. It kind of reminds me of this idea. I don't know if you've heard of this concept, but it's called like the Instagram face or maybe it's called like the influencer face or something. It's this idea that as social media becomes more and more prevalent and global, people are getting plastic surgery to look this specific way. Mm. And so everyone's face is starting to look the same. And I think it was kind of based on like a Kim Kardashian Kylie look and it's grown from there, but I will see it everywhere. It is like, this is the same woman's face. This is just the same face. And it's not what her face was originally like. And now this sounds like I'm shitting on women who get plastic surgery and I'm not, I'm shitting on the society that encourages us to morph into the exact same bland version of an ideal that is not even interesting. And tells you that you're not worthy unless you do that. Yeah. So that's what this makes me think of where it's like, this is just going to morph into the same like cookie cutter, dumb game show that, that isn't interesting. (laughs) Before the end of the year, this is going to be masked singer number three. Right. (gasps) Oh my God. Or that new thing that just got. (laughs) Oh yeah. The the activist. (laughs) The activist. No. Just ask. A single real human being, if that's a good idea. And if everyone is looking at you said, like, that's no. the worst thing that I've ever imagined, then maybe just don't do that. Don't spend money on a show that literally nobody wants. No, no one. It's so hilarious to me that their focus group must have just been all robots that they programmed to like terrible things. <laughs> like, I feel guys, like their focus group were just did the executive producers that developed the show. It's like, yes, did you literally ask Richards. anybody else? Just a single, any no. other human being. I made this joke too before, but I think they probably also asked a few like waspy white women from the East Coast and then some like Midwestern moms who don't know any better, who the waspy white women were like, yes, I do want to see that. And then the like Midwestern moms were like, oh, I I think that would be real (laughs) neat. Yeah. (laughs) The waspy women were like, the waspy (laughs) white women were probably just like, yes, let them eat cake. Exactly. They were like, yes, fight over my $20 that I'll throw at you. I don't know why I got British there, but... Um, well, we kind of know why. <laughs> Culturally British. No, that's not a thing. Yeah. I don't know. We got to go. Um, this one time at a job I had, not the current job, FYI, not the current job, a job I had many years ago, we were talking about the Queen and then um, Meghan Markle, mm-hmm. and my supervisor at the time said something about um, the poor Queen... I was like, oh, generational divide here. It was so funny. It was so funny. The poor queen. What she must be going through. I'm so, 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 so sorry. What? <laughs> That's not it. That that adjective doesn't describe her in any way. I know. It doesn't describe her literally or figuratively. <laughs> God save the poor queen. Oh, it was so funny. Well, on that note, um, we uh, will be bringing you another episode as a follow-up to our Bad Blood episode, uh, where we will talk about the ongoing trial of Elizabeth Holmes and her fraud in Theranos. It will be wonderful we will I truly can't wait that to talk episode about will this. have everything uh, <laughs> it will have everything uh, blood thinners star-crossed lovers uh, men dressing up like other men <laughs> <laughs> embarrassing text messages 
<laughs> this episode will have it all. Tune in again next time for more of our bullshit. Bye.